Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. One, two, three, four. Use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, nail it, grade it, change the point it, to me, press it, snap it, work it, cook it, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quickly write it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag it, drop it, zip it, zip it, lock it, fill it, call it, Six minutes past midday here on Joy 94.9 and it's Techno Gaze, where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets and technology. Uh, my name's Raina and uh, thank you, Tim, for a, another wonderful news update. We've also got Michael. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been a, well, it's been a sort of a week off, a week on remotely and then a week here in person. That's right. I mean, we kind of missed having you here, but of course we didn't miss you on the show last week no, because you were able to call in, which was so good. Yeah, it was... Uh, Good use of the technology. Next time we should add video because we did the Skype just audio. That makes a great radio, doesn't it? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and also someone we haven't seen for a few weeks is Jason. Actually, it's more like a couple of months. And hello, it's lovely to be back. And Melbourne has really turned on the weather for me as well. It's, uh, yeah, fantastic. Very happy. We put out a special notice. I, I know. I know. I, I, I saw it. It was like an all points bulletin. Every piece of sunshine in the state comes to Melbourne right now. <laughs> That's right. You, may, you might have overdone it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're complaining. It's yeah, too hot. Well, yeah, I'm from Sydney. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's not sticky and, you know, oppressive enough. You don't sound very sorry. No, I'm no. not. I'm not. No, look, it is a, a beautiful day here in Melbourne and uh, a big good day to you wherever you are listening. Um, hopefully the weather is really good. And uh, today's show, we'll be talking about some of the latest developments from right here in Victoria around yeah. uh, around sexting. Some new legislation that's gone through in the last few days of the government? That's right. I, Sorry, I, thought, not I thought you were going to talk about new technology for sexting. Innovative <laughs> ways to send pictures of rude things to people. We'll also uh, be getting a bit of an update from you, Jason, about uh, Telstra's new 4G network. Yeah, well, they're new, 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 new. Yeah. New, 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 Their latest. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, also in the show, we're taking a bit of a look at Google's new inbox app, uh, Google Tax. I don't think that's really a product of theirs. <laughs> it is something <laughs> Google Tax. Actually, I believe that's something Google does their best to avoid paying. Actually, I think we should say that now that Rainer, you've joined the dark side. This is going to be a Google only show. That's right. I have joined the dark side of uh, of Android. So, uh, those of you who missed missed all my complaining about it last week, Dad see Mark, Mark steps away for a couple of weeks, rest. Oh, and it just and all the goes, whole show changes. All goes to pot. <laughs> Hey, we'll also be talking about how to join the Mile High Club, and I don't necessarily mean uh, in in the, the in the in the in the dirty sense. I mean in the uh, you can actually get your internet on in air. I've done this. You've done this, and yeah. you paid a bunch, but I uh, did. it's people are starting to realise that uh, they catch more flies with honey, I suppose. Catch more customers yes. with better prices. I don't know what I'm mm, saying. Let's move on. <laughs> um, 
Foxtel also has uh, seen the light on that regard and they've dropped their pricing as well. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, some interesting news is for drones with cameras on them. <laughs> yes. Speaking things that fly. What, what, what good is a drone that doesn't have a camera? I don't know. It depends what you uh, film. I suppose mm. it really does. It really yeah. does. But we'll talk about that later on. I still want a drone to bring me pizza. I don't think it's too much to ask. Can a drone bring me breakfast in bed? Mmm, that'd be kind of cool. Anyway, if you have uh, any thoughts about what we're talking about today, as always, we encourage you to jump online and talk to us. You can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. You can always SMS on SMS us on 0427-JOY949. That's right. Or you can even do it old school. Bring it back. Telephone. Wow. one three hundred joy 949 is the line to call. Also, you can find us on Twitter, T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. Or you can use the same uh, same one, T-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. Look for us on Facebook. Yes, and we Facebook. want more people to like us, please. We do. We, we st- I think we still have more likers than Saturday Mag, so we're, we're on a winner, but we've got to keep pushing. Not that we're competitive. I didn't realise there was a competition. No, and of course there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> On with the news. As long, as long as we're winning, there's no competition. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. No contest. <laughs> um, sexting. Okay, so sexting. Look, it's it's fun between consenting adults, right? And it's fun between people that sort of are expecting it and, you know, but not doing it without permission. That's right. Look, there's been a lot of uh, high-profile stuff going on lately about, you know, people sort of, you know, picking up their nude photos that they've taken to share with their loved ones. Um or, oh, you know, maybe you're talking have... about the iCloud hacks. Uh, I'm or talking has, about has the... there been more? Well, there's been that, but I mean, there's, there's, you know, but it's uh, people like... deliberately sending images of themselves or of other people. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. To so, yeah. to whoever. And there's also been a few things of you know, like uh, so Ian Botham, uh, cricketer of note, uh, accidentally tweeted some uh, something that was maybe not intended for all of Twitter, and <laughs> may have may have been a DM and stuff like that. So I don't know. We've we've heard a lot about people putting their smartphones in places where maybe uh, <laughs> smartphones weren't intended to not, go. Not safe for work. Um, look, if you are thinking about snapping a shot. Of somebody else in the nude and sending it to somebody for uh, for the funds, then uh, don't do it in Victoria. No, because you're not allowed to send explicit images of somebody without their permission. That's exactly Which right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why this was a thing that required legislation. That, uh, well, but I think this know. is this is finally the law catching up with technology. Okay. And until now, I think it's probably been very hard to prosecute people because there was no legal framework to do that. The other good thing about this legislation is is that it's changing um, some of the um, child register, um, not child register, the uh, the the, uh, the laws around uh, people being put on the uh, register of sex offenders for young people who sex who sex no. Sexed. Sexed. Thank you. Mm. To uh, other people under the age of 18. So there's some, um, you know, because there are a few young people who have been caught sending pictures of themselves to other friends and technically it was illegal. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's not been, it's not had a lot of nuance until now. Look, and you're right, Jason, it's obviously, you know, sending uh, sending naughty pictures is, is, you know, still something that you'd think maybe could be covered by stuff, but they're specifically looking at, as well as, you know, sending it, but threatening to send it as well. And that's been something mm. that has been a part of these stories lately. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so uh, from such-and-such TV show, you know, I'm, uh, I've got some nice pictures of you that I'm going to distribute to my mates on 4chan or Reddit or whatever. Right. So, see, that, that's, that's not how I... Uh, that's not 
how I read the headline. No. <laughs> um, it's it's more about malicious sort of, mm. you know, stuff like that. The other thing that's worthwhile knowing as well is that, you know, if you, I mean, if you're having a bit of an argument with an ex or something like that and they're like, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, send my nude pictures of you to all of my little mates or whatever as well, that's, that's mm. something that it, it probably happens more often than people realise. Mm. It's yeah, pretty disgusting so. and it has to stop. Mm. Yeah, so threatening somebody to um, send photos of them can also carry in a, a, a jail term of up to a year. Yes. Yeah. Telstra have upgraded their 4G network. This is, this is a nice change of pace, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so Telstra, Telstra have announced this week that uh, they've, they've added a 700 megahertz spectrum onto their LTE coverage, mm-hmm. and uh, they've named it 4GX, um, which it's, is It sounds nice. like an anime spin-off of, you know... It does. What, what Dragon Ball Z. What do we say earlier? It sounds like Super Super Telstra 4G Street Fighter 2 Turbo Championship Edition 5 or something. Yeah. <laughs> Special say edition. that quickly three times. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, so, some- but you can take the X to mean extra. So it's like extra coverage, extra speed, because the 700 megahertz network is actually really good for CBD areas. Um, so it could mean that we get, you know, you might get an extra bar of coverage sitting in here in the Joy Building. Um, you know, we, we've got fairly thick, fairly thick concrete walls. It makes it difficult for signals to get in and out. So, do we need new phones to access this new bandwidth? There are some phones on the market that already use 700 megahertz, and uh, Telstra is trying to make sure that most of their phones in their range will handle it by the end of the year. Mm. Right. Uh, well, not most, but like, you know, a good a good chunk of them. If you basically, if you buy a new phone this year, you'll be fine. Now, here's something else that's worth knowing about LTE, which I think is interesting as well, is that at the moment, if you make a call, you'll notice that your phone drops off LTE and goes to 3G. I hadn't at the moment. That. Well, probably because yeah. you've got your phone next to your head while you're doing yeah, it, no, so you're no, probably not enough. looking. But yeah. it's, LTE normally is is something that you you normally only do for data because your phone yes. switches over to the three G network for for making calls. I mm. understand. Um, but what was interesting is that um, they actually made a call at Voice over LTE, which um, yeah, which we call Volti. Volti. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's nice to put nice cute names on things in technology. Um, yeah, so it, it was a. It was a, a, a voice and a video call uh, made between Sydney and Perth. Uh, yeah, it was pretty oh, impressive. Are these that's a bit retro, isn't it? Oh, yeah. look, look at this underwater cable. Yeah. <laughs> now, are these calls charged at data rates or at call rates? Because no. I'm sure call rates Surely are higher than data rates. rates. So they haven't worked out what the product um, offering is going to be for Volti calls because it's not really ready to go. But um, it won't be. It won't take it out of your data allowance. It will be a voice product. Now you've had a chance to try this out as well. I have. Uh, I've got outside a, of this event. I mean, yeah, I've, I've got a. 4GX Wi-Fi hotspot um, here, which I meant to have on the desk and I don't, so I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's pretty fast. It's a, it's actually a Category Six device, so it can actually aggregate the existing 4G network and the new one together and just get really, really super fast speeds. Oh, oh, so you can get extra bandwidth that way. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, mm, yeah, very nice. <laughs> Indeed. So if you if 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 you if you like your uh, your network speed, you know Telstra's got a few things going. Most of the other carriers, I think, also have 700 megahertz spectrum, but um, Telstra's just getting out of the gates first with its uh, with its stuff. Mm, exciting! Can't wait to get amongst that. It is 16 minutes to midday, oh, past midday. Sorry, here on Joy 94.9, yeah, we have more fast. amazing tech news right after this. Yes, Joy 94.9's very own Technogaze, world famous in Melbourne. Yes. That's right. 
We're legends um, in our own lunchboxes. That's exactly right. It is 17 minutes past midday on a fantastic day. And um, we were saying at the start of the show that we've kind of uh, androided it up a bit here in this studio. So I think all three of us... This is an Android-only show. A yes. Google-only show. Where's where's the gas button? Who's that? That's right. What? Why is this an Android-only show? That's, oh, that's ridiculous. We, we thought we'd banned him. We need to fix this. So, so I've got Mark my appears to have appeared suddenly when we said it's an all-Android show. And he's brought all of his... chair is taken. He's brought all of his Apple devices with him. Yes. One of them. No, all all I was hiding under the desk yeah. with my Apple gear. <laughs> There That's is right. an Apple thing on There's a couple of Apple things on it. Anyway. Exactly right. It's worthwhile talking about um, <laughs> yeah. because this piece of news is very interesting for those of us who have a Mac and an iPhone. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I still well, do have my iPhone on me. That's right. It's I can't just, give it's, it up. It's like your security blanket. What do you use, what do you use it for? Lead weight? It's just got all my music with... on it and stuff. Oh. No, it's got a few apps and things that I want to keep using for a little while. Um, this new Mac malware infects your Mac and then passes on to your iPhone whenever you sync it with a cable. It's called Wire Lurker. Wow. Mm. And it doesn't sound very flash. Um, I, I, I didn't actually read up on this, but um, isn't it something to do with you've got to actually plug in a USB stick or something into the into the target device? Is that how it works? No, no. no. So you can get infected by downloading an app from a third-party Chinese app store, mm. Um, mm. Which, which is not to say that it, like, you know, it, it makes it sound like you have to go to a particular place. Uh, it there's yeah you can you can download a, an affected app and uh, it'll jump onto your Mac, but then the then if you uh, if you plug your iPhone in then mm. um, off it goes and it right. gets. Onto but you have your to iPhone. plug your iPhone into your Mac. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's exploiting. So it's actually got a pretty legit looking. Uh, Signed certificate. It's that got a makes very legit look looking signed certificate. Yeah. So yeah. the whole process of when you plug your your phone in now, something that um, that everyone talks about a lot with Apple and its devices is that it has got that closed loop ecosystem stuff like that. They control all sorts of things. There's lots of control over what happens when you plug your phone in and how it syncs to your computer and does all that stuff. And surprise, surprise, as soon as you try to circumvent that with some totally legitimate looking thing from China, which may or may not have the same controls <laughs> that we're used to, everything goes pear shaped. To, to be fair. Like Apple has a lot of control over apps on the iPhone, not so much on the Mac. Um, and no. so that, that's the attack vector is that you get the app yes. onto your Mac that's affected. Now, Apple does say that it's also blocked all of the malicious apps already. Uh, and in terms of what Wirelurker is actually doing, uh, no one seemed too sure at the time that this report came in anyway because um, it, didn't, it didn't do much. It seemed to mainly be targeting Chinese users because all of the uh, malicious apps were Chinese. Mm. But one thing I do have to say about Mac OS X is that you have to work hard to allow yourself to buy something from a non-accredited app store. I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard. You do have to go out of your way. When you have a fresh install of Mac OS X, mm. right, it will not let you get something that yes. is from an unsigned location or whatever. Now, some of these I think were actually signed, for one thing. But the other thing is it says, you can't do this right now because you can't run things that aren't from the app store, but here's a handy button where you can turn it off. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, and you know what people are like? Like, they'll read that and, like, mm-hmm, and they'll just do click it. OK. <laughs> but at least, by de- at least the default is you have to do something to make it, you know, to install the software yeah. rather than it just installs. I get that. I yeah. just, I just think that maybe it's not the, uh, the kindest thing. Um, anonymous from Melbourne, Australia, texts in and asks: Does downloading adult material allow these trojans to infect the Mac? You know, there have been um, some things that do infect the Mac when you go to adult entertainment places, and oftentimes it'll be like, "You need this special codec to watch this very special home video." And th- that's actually something that um, Mac users, especially, have been able to fall victim to because f- you know Macs have historically had a uh, not a enough reputation codecs. of not being able to play certain <laughs> video formats. Right, so it sounds pretty legit. Hmm. 
this vector apparently really does only come from apps, and they are pretty legit sounding apps too. So one of them, for example, um, is is a copy of The Sims Three. Had had the Trojan sitting in it if you download it from this but store. I, I suspect it would be a not so legit version of Sims Three. Right? I'm like, not sure that EA put that kind of junk in there. That, <laughs> EA does put a lot of awful things in their games. Unwanted <laughs> <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but that's not one of them. It's a, it's actually a you have to make an in-app purchase to get rid of the virus. <laughs> Did you hear the latest Sims has actually a really cool um, anti-piracy thing going on? Mm. So if you pirate the game, it actually pixelates a whole bunch of stuff. So you can play the game as long as you don't mind it looking like you know an eight-bit sort of. Mind- <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny because it looks it looks kind of funky and you can't really play it. And if you jump on the forums and say, "Where are all these pixels coming from?" Everyone knows that you're a normal pirate. That's pretty yeah. cool. No, I, I hadn't heard about that. That's probably because the last Sims game I played was uh, like the first one. Do you mm. think Apple will be proud that they've now come of age that people are targeting them more and more with viruses? Every time someone yes. says oh, look, there's a virus, everyone goes, "Oh, do you think Apple?" Of course not. Um, the thing that's really creepy about this as well is it's not just sort of some weirdo thing. It's actually farming uh, contacts and Apple ID information, which is a, ah, a good yeah. way to get yourselves mm. hacked if mm. you're... Uh, yeah. Look, be careful. Um, read up. If it sounds dodgy, it probably is. Look, just be careful when you're playing The Sims 3, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple says it's, uh, it's working on blocking the malicious apps as well, so you can expect that to hopefully kick in. Um, security cameras... Yeah. While we're talking about weird uh, weird and, like, worrying people, stuff... People looking at stuff that they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, security camera footage from uh, Australian homes and businesses is streaming on this uh, website. What's that called? Insecam.com. Uh, it's basically it's IP-based security cameras whose owners have not changed their default login information. <laughs> it's exposed to the internet, and uh, someone has gone to the trouble of finding all of these cameras and indexing them and making a pretty website around them. Right, because there's yep. not enough reality television on the actual TV at the moment that we've got to go to a site like this to have a snoop around people's houses. The people that did do the website did say that in part they were doing it to warn people and to raise alert awareness of, course, yeah. of the fact that you know people aren't changing passwords. And this really comes to mind that you know maybe we should shouldn't have default security passwords and maybe software these days shouldn't allow you to progress beyond anything until you supply a password and supply a new password. Right, but a lot of these devices have, you know, they've got like some million-year-old version of, of, you know, some firmware or something like that running some, you know, crusty Mm. old version of Linux or something like Mm. that. Um, You can't really do much with them. There's not a lot of easy ways to upgrade them, doing any of those sorts of things. Like a lot of these truly smart things, you know, Mm. like the Nest devices, for example, they, they put a lot of effort in. A lot of these cameras and stuff, you know, you pick up two for bloody $50 at, at you know, yeah. JCAR or and th- something And this like is why they're they can not, be so cheap. Yeah, they're, yeah. Not, yeah. they're not there to help you make this any easier. I mean, People look, just don't it, think. But, but, you know, not having a default password makes it really difficult to do customer service as well. So, you know, if something happens and the whole thing needs to be reset, at least customer service can say, right, hit the reset button and then you can log in with admin, admin. Hmm. Yep. You, know, uh, you, you can't do that if, uh, there, if you have to actually have people set a password. I could imagine, though, there would be a way of, of, of setting it up so that when you reset, the first thing it asks for exactly. is a password. Or yeah. let you log on once. Yeah. yeah. And so the customer yeah. service might be sitting on the other end while you're thinking of some random password that you need to enter in when you're, when you're resetting it. But, mm. hey, that's... And, yeah, and tip- there's definitely ways to do it. And yeah. typically, is there any customer service for these type of uh, devices? <laughs> you know, Well, there's, there's, there's perhaps user forums, uh, which is probably how this whole problem started. Yeah, and in one, one case that I saw in this article, um, somebody had their cameras installed by a security firm. And the security firm obviously didn't change the passwords, yeah. which is just and, wrong. And so again, it's security firm in the air quotes. Yeah. 
Well, again, that's the sort of thing where the security firm might say, right, we've done this thing for you and we've left the password by its default and maybe you guys should set up the thingy. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, I know I know someone who uh, used to work on Telstra core routers, left his uh, employee one, one day and said, uh, the root password is QWERTY, go change it, and then went back six months later as a contractor, asked the root password, and they said, oh, we haven't changed it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty dopey. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, you know, it's only the core network infrastructure for the country. No worries. <laughs> no worries, mate. So, uh, Firefox. Firefox. Poor Firefox. Remember Firefox? I remember Firefox being awesome and about, until about six months after Chrome came out. That's right. It's um, Look, Firefox is still pretty awesome, I think. Like, it's okay. It's um, It's got a cute little fox on the icon. It does all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> is that, sorry, is what, that a selling what, point? What's what's it's say. Man, if it's got to sit there in my dock looking at me, I reckon it's got to be pretty cute. And well, I'm sorry, Chrome, but your little beach ball thing just doesn't cut it. Can I just ask them to update the icon so it's more uh, OS ten? yes, how many... Oh, flat. Uh, flat. <laughs> exactly. do, you want, do you want it to be flatter, Fox? Does it, what's a <laughs> yes. bit too glary for you? Yeah. Too in my face, sorry. <laughs> when, when you open it up, it just goes, hey, Mark, how are you doing? You know, have you been working out? <laughs> oh, that kind of flatter. Um, <laughs> look, it's uh, they've got to do something anyway because they cannot seem to stop bleeding market share. They um, are just tanking and tanking. And, you know, Firefox was the big hotness. It was like the thing that we all turned to when we were all getting sick of using IE and it was the thing that we'd install on everyone's PC and, you know, stop using the blue E, Dad. Use the little fox instead or whatever. The legacy of Netscape, in fact. Exactly. You know, the, yeah. the code base did sort of change hands a few times. And after. <laughs> yeah, and it's still being maintained and looked after. And, you know, like Mozilla, the foundation, does a lot of good work. Yeah. You know, they've got this phone that uses Firefox now as it's as the basis for a whole OS. But it's just it just does not seem to be, um, you know, taking off as a browser anymore. Mozilla has been doing a lot of good work in the, uh, in the realm of CEO recycling. <laughs> right. Boom, boom. <laughs> it's, is anyone even noticing? I'm not really sure. Like everyone, there, there was a, a thing that we may even get a chance to talk about a little bit later about how people are going, oh, yeah, Safari. And I'm like, Safari? Seriously? Safari? Safari? I've been tempted by the uh, the common demos that they do, the latest version of Safari and all the features that it has in it, including yeah. reader mode, for example, and stuff like that. But And the ability to sync from my iPhone over to, to the my iPad and, you know, handoff and all that sort of thing. Mm. But when it comes to down, comes down to actually swapping to it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a leap for me to make. Should we talk about that maybe very shortly? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is twenty seven minutes past midday and there'll be more browser talk right after this. It's Techno Gaze here, half past midday on Joy 94.9. It's Rainer, Michael, Jason, and a surprise Mark visit. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's a and surprise Mark. It's, it's a surprise Mark. No one knows when he could come into your studio or what he might talk about. Um, <laughs> so it actually we- sounds like a new reality TV show. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, actually, that's it's Mark. <laughs> we have guests drop in. We have no idea who they are, and we've got to talk to them and find out a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be kind of mm-hmm. cool. This is like an idea for the, the Joy's 21st birthday coming up soon. Yes. Actually. That is true. Oh, that, yeah, you could totally just like put put people in, inside, like you know, a box in a, in a, in a, a, a studio. Box. Yeah, put them in a box in the studio and have people try and figure out who they are. Yeah. Who could it be behind who a curtain, be? based on their rattles? <laughs> yes. How? You've got five questions to ask. Just give them like a, a, um, a talking talking type thing, so they have to type <laughs> up the responses. But out, you know. 
Yes. <laughs> I may have been watching a bit too much. I, I hopefully Joy's marketing team isn't listening right now. Because oh. <laughs> I hope they're not either because I want to do this myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've uh, we've had a texter um, text in and say, hey, uh, hey guys, because we're, um, we're kind of ripping a, a few more Androids and iOSs and stuff now, does that mean you are now Androidginous, they say? Boom. Mm. Bam. Yes. I'm, I'm bi-platformual, I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm still, still not. I'm I've still got my iPhone floating around. I, actually, I, I think so I'm try because I, I do like Windows. And well, I think my OS problem is that I've Android. Uh, I think my problem is that I've got about five phones in my bag and they're all Android. Mm. Now we've also had someone text in and ask us what's going on with the Joy iPhone app. It's really hard for us to sort of troubleshoot things. Uh, says Guy um, that the iPhone thing isn't working. Oh, sorry. Uh, change to Samsung rather. Change to a Samsung phone and install the Android app and it doesn't work. Um, Really, I think the best thing to do right now, Guy, if you're listening, is to report that stuff immediately and you can actually write to us um, or you can jump on the website as well and you can contact us that way because that doesn't sound good at all. Check out joy.org.au slash listen live, I think, is a page which has links to the apps and there's also a link to provide uh, an email address to provide feedback, which will go directly to uh, the group of people that are involved in developing the app, including myself. So yeah, our, so devel- our development team. This is, this is actually why we brought Mark in. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> well, all of the secrets. You of the never expose the developers to real people. <laughs> I, I'm really? not directly involved in the Android app. I'm, I'm just going to say, but I'm, I'm involved in the, the team as a whole. So yes, do, yes. do email us. Do do report as much as you can and pass it on. Now, if we, we did were, have direct access to developers of Safari, yes, we would speak mm. to them. Safari, yes, or a Firefox, and ask them what's going on with that anyway. Um, Safari, people are people are talking up Safari again, and a, a big part of that, I think, is because um, Yosemite, Mac OS X Yosemite, is um, pretty exciting for everybody because it's got a lot of tight integration. Does this mean that you actually have to upgrade your operating system to get a new version of Safari? I'm not sure. I've been running the beta for a while. So, so annoying. That sounds like such a Windows thing to do. I don't think I, I wouldn't expect. I, I don't know if it's necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the browser version, but a lot of the like sharing things, like the handing mm. off between your phone mm. and everything. Those I think features. that does. True. And and to be and to be fair, there's quite a number of pieces of software out there that be in the Android world or the Windows world that say you need this minimum version to work. Mm. Oh yeah, now, yeah, but but you don't usually get an upgraded version of the app with the operating system like they're upgraded separately mm. yeah i don't know if it's necessarily the case that it's it's you know the only way to get the upgraded version but a lot of these fancy features where you do get the handoff and stuff like that does require that you have to have because yeah, it's not that, really that, part of safari it's actually part of the operating system yeah so you're talking about all the new handoff stuff yeah yes i am but that cool. again is still part of the operating system mm-hmm. but people are also talking about safari in general like now that they've got all this exciting stuff they're looking at safari and going oh hey safari i haven't given you a go for a while and it does look quite pretty it really does it's taken on that new sort of flat look which I suppose everything else has in Mac OS X. Um, but it's got some interesting new features that maybe people who haven't looked at Safari for a while, because Safari has always been a little bit underfeatured and a little bit crap, let's put it bluntly, um, is now kind of cool again. From a prettiness point of view, I like the fact that it's very minimalist. There isn't a whole lot of uh, space taken up by Safari itself, mm. yep. and it leaves mm. more room on the page for the content that you're looking at. Yeah. Well, it's also faster as well. Mm. It's, Much well, it's faster. the fastest, yeah. isn't it? Uh, well, they say. Yep. Yeah. Now, the other things that it does really well, which is a little bit less easy to do in browsers like Chrome and stuff, is that it's all tightly integrated into all of that Apple ecosystem stuff. So you've got your iCloud keychain, you've got your favourites that you sync between your phone and all that stuff, which you mm. kind of have to go out of your way to get done on, you know, on other platforms. Um, 
it, yeah, it does have those notification things and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't have fave icons, apparently. What's going on with that? Which I find a big problem. Because I totally don't. The, well, <laughs> the problem that I do have with Safari are the tabs. One, they're square, which means that the vertical line that differentiates one tab from another is very, very thin. And with my aging eyesight, is hard to see. And the contrast between the current tab and the other tabs is also very, very low. So when I'm looking at um, the browser, I can't tell which is my current tab very easily. Yep, right. that's fair mm. enough. Um, this you mentioned fav icons, though. Um, yeah. But the reason for those to be relevant, I guess, is to dis- distinguish your, your different tabs, right? Yeah. From yeah. from one one mm. uh, tab to the other. Um, without it, is that true that they're actually not there? They're not there at they're all. They're not there at all. I personally, again, don't necessarily find it all that painful, but a lot of people do. It's something that you, you know, you kind of begin to rely on, and especially if you are used to coming from Chrome, because once Chrome collapses all your tabs, the fav icon is all you have. Yeah. Like after you've got enough of them. And it also depends on the diversity of the sites that you're looking at. So if you do everything inside the Google ecosystem, you see the same fav icon. So it does lose meaningfulness. Mm. Yeah. But if you do are going to different sites, well, then it is a lot more meaningful, and it's a very good quick visual cue to say, oh, okay, here's where I want to go without actually having to read the text. I do like the way that Safari does collapse the tabs or make them smaller when you're not um, close to them. So your current tab has got the full tab name on either side of it Mm. and the ones further out when there's not enough room gets smaller. Mm. Now, let me tell you how I got a bit of a case of tabitis. I don't know about you guys, but often what I'll have is, you know, like I'll I'll sometimes have 20 or 30 tabs open because I'll be, you know, like looking at Twitter or I'll be reading something else or whatever and I'll see some interesting looking link and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to read that later. I'm going to open it up in a new tab Mm -hmm. and then, you know, occasionally I'll be like, oh, look at all these lovely tabs. I'm going to have a look at all that stuff I missed out on before, which is a really sloppy way to do it. Um, But one of the things that Safari has, which is kind of cool and it has in common with iOS, is the reading list. Yes. Mm. Yep. Which has always been a a feature that I've been interested in. This is Again, it always gets demoed and it's like, Oh, I could, you know, I could use that. That that's perfect for when I'm on the train, and I can, you know, use uh, the 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 icon to 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 catch s- up on all your stuff. Yeah, while later you're on stuck or, in the city loop, or whatever. Because we still don't have data in the city loop. I'm just saying. Yeah, oh, um, hint, hint. I can talk about that. <laughs> uh, so th- this is something I do as well. Like, I I open a tab and go, yep, I need to read that. Yep. I will come back to that computer a week later. <laughs> that tab is still there. I really need to get around to reading that. <laughs> and then a week later, I'll just be like, oh my god, I need to reboot my computer. I'm probably not going to read that tab anyway let's just let it go yeah mm. I've, I've been using there's a couple of plugins that you can use uh, in Chrome for example there's one called OneTab where you can just say save all my tabs for Ron and, and you can read them later but and, and that's another thing you know Safari has more plugins and stuff now so I guess people are getting interested in it but it still doesn't quite have that sort of plugin ecosystem that Chrome is absolutely spanking everybody at I thought most of Chrome's plugins worked in Safari anyway yeah, not all of them that I've tried out. So, okay. I, I mean, I did try the whole, I'm going to give Safari a bit of a toot, not just this week, but in general. Um, I just couldn't get a lot of success. Like, they just weren't quite right. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't work quite right. And it was just, you know, bugs or like labels in the wrong place or whatever. So, it's unfortunately not a one-to-one sort of thing. Um, if you have sort of given it a thought anyway, um, you know, why not let us know? Browsers, mm. <laughs> yeah. Hot topics. The, the things that excite us. Isn't this sad? <laughs> they do take up a fair chunk of my day. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I do develop websites, so I guess that makes sense. But even outside of work, like, you spend a fair bit of time in a web browser. So, in terms of importance in life, I think it's it's 
It's yeah. high up there. In, in our nerdy defense. Yeah, you know, you, know, you know what else we spend a lot of time doing outside of uh, browsing? Mm. Email. Uh, yes. Uh, ah. uh, uh, yeah. And somebody's going to make a change to email and make it better for us. So, well, Google has been making a few changes to email in the last couple of weeks. Um, they've uh, they've released a new app called Google Inbox. Uh, have, have you guys tried it out? No, no, no. I, didn't, I missed out on the... Have you got any so invites? I'll, I'll give you an invite uh, during the break. Excellent. Is it available on iOS? Yes, oh. yeah, it's on it's on iOS. It's only an iPhone app. There's no iPad app at the moment, but um, there will be one in the next few weeks. So, Inbox is the the best way I can describe Inbox is that it basically makes a Facebook feed out of your email, and so. <laughs> As new stuff comes in, it bundles it together, gives it sort of a topic list. And um, my my favorite example of this was a couple of weeks ago when I was flying somewhere. Uh, it put together a travel bundle and put my hotel reservation, my flight, um, yes. everything, all my PDF stuff was just sitting at the top of my inbox. And that that came through at about sort of 11 a.m. And I was like, well, I actually don't need that until my flight boarding time, which is going to be about 7.45 or my check-in time. So... I went, okay, well, I don't need that right now. I'm going to snooze it. And so when you snooze something, it'll come back later at a predefined time or, which is kind of cool, a predefined location. Yes. So I, I said, like right, that. I want to snooze this. Oh, you're at the me, terminal. Yeah, tell me when I get to the airport, yeah. um, get my, uh, you know, bring, my, bring my travel booking back. So I snoozed it. I set Sydney Airport on. And then do you want to know what happened when I got to the terminal into the check-in counter? Did it pop up? Up it pops? Absolutely nothing. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I assume this is because Google's idea about where Sydney Airport is is actually a little bit different to where the jet Jetstar check-in terminal is. Oh, so well, I think I there's some geofencing issues there. Jetstar's idea of being a cool airline is probably a little bit different to what everyone thinks as well, though. Pos- oh, it's sorry. too far away. I'm a yeah. hater. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I've noticed that it's... I've been doing a little bit of travel lately as well, and I've noticed that there's a little bit of that going on with the email. And mm-hmm. now that I've now that I've been using out Android for a while, <laughs> um, but I've noticed that, you know, the Google Now stuff with the cards pops up as well. Pretty but cool. it's really interesting to see that actually get them a lot more, you know, shoved to the forefront. Yeah. So and will that only work on your Gmail account or will it work on the, the other accounts that it supports? It works on your personal Gmail only. So if you have a Google Apps account, it doesn't work yet. And that's actually where I really want it to work. But Grown. It and so you mentioned other accounts as well. So that's the other thing that Google's done recently is they've upgraded their Gmail app. Um, the Gmail app no longer has to talk to Gmail. It can now talk to Pop and IMAP mailboxes. And it can also talk to Exchange. Oh, um, that's good. Which is kind of weird because what it means is that over the last couple of weeks, I now use Inbox to talk to my <laughs> Gmail and I now use Exchange to talk... I now use Gmail to talk to Exchange. <laughs> does, it, does the Inbox feature work with, uh, with the Exchange? No, no, it only okay. works on Gmail. Do you think they're going to add that feature to it? Oh, and look, it'd be cool if it did, but uh, the way I understand the uh, the pop and the IMAP and Exchange support is that it's all happening on your device, so Inbox doesn't have a chance to sort of look at it on the server side and do anything with it. It's an inter- interesting tactic by Google to use their inroads in Gmail. So, so many of us have a Gmail account mm. um, to try and take over to capture that that part of the market where you know the essentially the Google brand will be in front of you. Um, you know, for everyday activities. And I know that, um, you know, like Apple have been trying to push the organising your life, what with Siri and so forth. They're trying to sort of, you know, use their own dominance in, in other areas to, to really push, you know, into into this yeah. organising your life yeah. type. Yeah, I think Microsoft's trying to do this as well, Google. It, it, it's, it's almost... 
it's almost like the the advent of web 3.0 where it's all about organizing information it's like people are trying to bring that to your your life yes uh, we'll organize your life well you know don't worry about organizing things we'll do it for you and we'll tell you what's important mm. when it's important the question is do you trust it like is in and well, i mean it's pretty that, amazing you know, when it gets it right well that's the thing does it always get it right will mm. you miss something that you maybe you know maybe you're you're organizing a trip overseas and you might miss something that you booked beforehand and right because you've been it, relying on google to remind you to pick up your yeah, or even whatever. just have it in Insurance the in the in the mm. right. What are they called? Bundle. Yes. Um, yeah, in the bundles. What if it doesn't get there or something? Do so. you have a lot of control over the bundles? Like, if you open one up, does it say, "Oh, you know, add such and such"? Or because uh, no. I find it, it useful. It, it bundles stuff itself, uh, and yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it get it wrong yet. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it either it either bundles it or it doesn't. I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. 17 minutes to one on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Techno Gaze, where we are nerding it up, talking about all kinds of things, email and browsers and travel, and there'll be even more of that right after this. Techno Gaze. Quarter to one on joy.org.au for the world, and a big hello to anyone who is listening anywhere you are, but uh, especially if you're outside of Melbourne. Uh, because that way we know that you are on the internet or maybe using the app or something like that to have a listen in, and we always appreciate it. Yes. We, yes. we do like uh, the ability to reach anywhere. It's great. Yeah. When I was away, I was listening to afternoon radio in the morning, <laughs> which is very confusing. <laughs> Chris and Cam in the morning. Oh, right, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, giving you a bit of, yeah. And Rosie update. A little, little bit of uh, driving home updates and stuff like, how's the traffic on the M4? I don't care. <laughs> All I know is the traffic on the N1 in Johannesburg is not good. Right. <laughs> um, we've been doing a lot of talk about Google. They have been in the news all over the place. Um, they have, yes. And this, one, this one might not be perhaps so good. No. Uh, Spain. In yes. uh, Now, Spain obviously being part of that whole European sort of milieu there, um, you know, that Europe doesn't have best relationship with Google. No, and Europe doesn't have... Well, this is, Does this Europe is have a good relationship with anyone? This isn't only Google. You know, no. this, this has been dubbed the Google tax because what it is is an impost on news aggregators who now have to pay the news aggregator, people like Google News and exactly. you know, Bing News and stuff like that, for uh, linking to news websites. Well, not even just linking, but actually pulling some of that material in. in yeah. So things like even, you know, like a headline and an intro and stuff like that, all of that is, is you know, it's not just a link like click here for all the hot news. Mm, um, it. So there's a bit of that going on, and obviously they want to try and protect the industry that they have already. But this is such 20th century or 19th century even protectionist thinking that, oh, we want them to pay us because, you know, they're using our content. But what they're not going to realise until it happens is people aren't going to go to their websites anymore because they're not linked to it. Didn't this happen in Germany? Yes, exactly. So Google removed links, which, uh, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, Google should just play hardball and just stop linking and stop indexing all their content and see how they like it. Because, I mean, come on, it's it's news in Spain. People will get their news elsewhere. And so in Germany, uh, Google removed the links um, and all of the affected newspapers were like, oh, actually, can you put them back because all of our traffic fell. However, if the traffic to website falls, maybe you don't need quite so much hosting infrastructure. It might actually be cheaper for you if uh, Google doesn't index you. See, I don't know. I, I am a little bit put off by the idea that Google, a private company, is allowed to dictate just from a couple of little things what happens in the press and mm. giving everyone a fair go. I think that's pretty rude. And I think there's been a shift in the media industry here in Australia uh, over the past, what, year or two of everyone's going online now. The the, the newspapers are falling. Like, apparently, the, um, the news-limited newspapers are, are losing money. Um 
what sort of model are we we turning to if it's just based on internet traffic hmm. and in you know which by i guess reference is is google's at beck and call as to whether um things get uh get you know promoted hmm. Mm. Then, but so this is the thing: is that anyone else can come along and aggregate this content as well. It's just that Google happens to be in a position where they're dominant because uh, you know Google has the Google has the brand and the mindset where people say, "I am going to go and Google something instead of I'm going to go and search for something." But even more fundamental is you know content is available online news content. People don't want to pay for content. They're not going to buy newspapers. It's inconvenient. It's also out of date. The whole industry is changing, but there is no, there's nothing out there as a model to replace to be able to employ uh, journalists, journalists to yes. go and find the news. Okay. And so so there's, what, is the, what is the replacement to, well, to it? Well, let's talk about that. So the ABC has been in the News Limited Press quite recently. Um, so Sherry Markson, uh, media editor of Note, has been uh, jumping up and down going, oh, the ABC, oh, they're paying for this, they're paying for that, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're not. The ABC has been coming out and saying, well, here's what we actually do to get people interested in our stuff. And they've gone into quite a lot of detail going, you know, we write interesting stuff, we get this content going on, they coexist quite comfortably with Google News and stuff. They don't have a paywall. Um, they do a bit of geo-blocking, like if you're not in Australia, you can't watch News 24 as a streaming thing. But, you know, they do a lot of really hard work and they are being really successful at it. But the ABC has always been funded not by the sale of its product to consumers. Right, but the ABC is kicking a lot of goals. Oh, it, it is. And, I mean, the News Corp press as well is being funded by Rupert Murdoch having a bit of a pet project that he's happy to pay into like a hobby because as you know and it doesn't it hasn't just been the internet the Australian has lost money all the time all the time yeah there's, there's I guess there's this capitalist think of you know the 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 news limited people going hey you know um you're not paying for this as a consumer therefore you know they've got a privileged position it's actually just a different model it doesn't matter how where the money comes from in the end as yeah. long as the, the journalist is able to um you know do the investigative work or do the, the right. work that they need to do without you know fear of 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 being you know uh, paid to to say something else or, or whatever then that's a good thing um, it, 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 yeah, it should be a good thing. You're, 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 you're champing at the. I'm, I'm, I'm gesticulating <laughs> wildly. Oh, 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 please, sir, please, sir, please, sir, please, sir, can I go to the toilet? No. Um, I think perhaps one of the models that may emerge in the future is that the brand of the newspaper is going to disappear, and the brand of the journalist, the journalist as a brand, is, I, is what's going to appear. That's okay. People now. keep saying that, but no, I don't see it happening oh, that it's, way. It's already here. I think. I mean, I, think I personally. Generation. Well, name name a single Huffington Post writer that isn't Ariana Huffington. Huffington. Damn. But I think we're in a transition. We're in a transition phase. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. It has to happen because if all the newspapers shut down because nobody's buying them, you're going to have bloggers out there. You're going to get more and more popular bloggers and what's going to happen is they're going to be attracting advertising revenue and that's how they're going to make their living because it's going to pay them to do it i don't buy it i'm sorry i'm not buying well, it that's the problem no one's buying anything well yeah there you go <laughs> um and especially i mean the number of emails i get from say crikey or new matilda go get our stuff is you know it's it's getting a little you know beyond a joke but look it is getting there but it's just i mean the idea that you can just be a single journalist and not have any resources of a news agency or an organization behind you to help put you on planes to buy your equipment to get you those contacts and to get you that collegiality mm. isn't going to help i think i think maybe they're going to be two classes of of journalism one which is going to be the locale based one the ones that i can actually witness myself in my geographic area and perhaps there will be organizations like the abc that have got funding from something other than selling their wares that will um 
you know, be able to afford those type of things. I, th- I think the biggest concern, particularly for the News Limited side of things, or, or even Fairfax as well, the, the, the you know, the, um, how would we term them? There's the government-run agencies sure. and then there's the corporate run right. right the corporate run they're losing money and their yeah. their business model is dwindling and it's dwindling fast i can't help feeling though it's like oh well the abc's funded rah, rah, rah. well you know what like advertising supported media can be funded by you know people actually buying their stuff i can't help thinking that maybe the reason why nobody's buying news court papers or getting onto news court websites is because news court websites are terrible <laughs> that could actually, well. so, I'm sorry. i believe uh, news has actually just announced that they're going to be upgrading all of their websites they're actually going to be going to wordpress Oh, really? no. Yeah. no, 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 like, no, seriously, they are. Like, they, they, but how is that going to help them? How is that going to help them stopping writing articles like blah, blah, doesn't and you won't believe content. what happens next? Okay, it doesn't so, help their terrible content. Okay, so in that case, then your problem is the content, not the actual I website. think that it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a large part of it. And, and they're all like, oh, the internet's cannibalizing us. No, the internet is not cannibalizing the ABC. It's not cannibalizing the SBS. It's not cannibalizing lots of things that are picking this up and doing it right. Al Jazeera, plenty of them like that. Perhaps they got away with it as well in with the previous model where, you buy an entire paper and there's a whole bunch of it was filled up with crap and maybe there's you know the odd good article here and there and that's what people actually bought it yeah. for. But there are enough towns in Australia where your choices for the news are a Rupert Murdoch paper or a Rupert Murdoch paper. Yeah, and so, you know, sorry, you can't do that anymore on the internet, Rupert. Clicking one article is is what we're what we're essentially paying for now, right? Like we get the ads on one particular article. Um, as opposed to, you know, buying an entire subscription or that sort of thing. So that's, I guess, uh, the, where it's at. Mm. Randy Rant. <laughs> Look, just quickly, um, here's, here's a little bit more exciting, though. Um, Mark, you are planning a trip to Europe pretty soon. I am, yes. And you booked some tickets. Yes. And there was a nice surprise you found there. Oh, half an hour later after I booked the tickets with this particular carrier... One dollar um, internet access was offered as as across their entire long haul fleet. fleet I and want, like, uh, so I, I went on that. I travelled on that carrier last year, and I got thirty megabytes to the, use for the entire flight, and it cost me a lot of money. I had to turn off everything like background data. One dollar yeah. for six hundred megabytes, which I think is reasonable for a long. Like you're not gonna, you're probably gonna <laughs> tell us. That's about boat. eight minutes yeah. of Tumblr browsing for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Tumblr browsing that I do, perhaps I wouldn't do on a plane. But anyway, that's a different story. Oh, I can't wait. I can't People wait. People don't mind cats, do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the problem with finding cute cats? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Animated gifts of cats. What's my children look at? Cats on Tumblr. Well, that's what they tell me. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> We're almost out of time, but we've got a little bit more exciting tech juice to squeeze out of this particular piece of fruit right after this. Technologies. Joy 94.9. It is Joy 94.9 and it's three minutes to one here in gorgeous Melbourne. We are getting awfully close to our top of 34 degrees. Uh, I wish you could join us. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. I did. Indeed. Jason <laughs> yeah. did. What was that? What was that sound? What was that sound? What? What sound? What? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. we heard it. No? I don't think yeah. we heard it very clearly. Look, if... Uh, it sounded like a tweet. It did. It, it, it <laughs> no. actually... No. It's a Star Trek communicator. Oh. You know, the con- You know, like in The Next Generation <laughs> and later, sound, they've got... Could you sound less interested? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I like the idea of having something on my lapel that I can just touch, but that'd be... Exactly awesome. right. Or you can have the flip phone thing like Captain Kirk had, you know. Oh, yeah. This is the badge type thing, though, so it's actually a little communicator badge that you can put on your clothing just like your favourite character from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you can ask someone to beam you up or whatever it is you want to do with it. 
or I don't know, like, can you get me a flat white? Or it's like, like a really expensive push to talk walkie talkie. Yeah, <laughs> but right. yeah, but how good would that be? It's fun. Fun. if it's only a hundred bucks, you know, people are, people are going to go mad for it, especially the Trekkie fans. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it even looks a little bit like a, you know a saucer or something. Um, it uses your Android phone or your iPhone as uh, as you know the actual device that does the communicating. So this is just a thing that sort of you know you can speak into. I want to be um, data. You want to be data? Who doesn't mm. want to be data? I think everyone wants to be, be I, data. I believe, I believe Brent Spiner doesn't want to be data anymore. <laughs> God, oh, yes. that's Boy. such a shame. It's um, look, I'm not going to lie. It's not even half as cool looking as people like maybe think. It looks kind of like a, I don't know, like a caster wheel off an office chair or something. Yeah, but nowhere near as flat as a real communicator. <laughs> whatever, One day maybe. Whatever uh, tickles your neutrino field. I suppose. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? So, what? Whoa. Okay. I'm not a closet trekkie. A clicky. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we have time for for today's show. If uh, if you've missed any part of the show or perhaps you'd like to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by browsing to joy.org.au slash technogaze. Um, coming up next is Cravings of Pete Dillon, followed by Fender Bender, and then Critical Hit, who have had a huge week with the gaming thing, as have I, mm-hmm. after PAX. I'm sure there's plenty more leftovers from last week's huge special that they've got to talk about. Um, Michael, thank you. Thank you. Jason, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always wonderful to be here. It sure is. Uh, thank you for dropping in at the <laughs> in the break. No workers. No workers. Um, it's one minute to one, and it really has been a pleasure. See you next week. Bye-bye. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.